Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Liquid vapor, liquid vapor, liquid vapor coming out of my ears. Liquid vapor, liquid vapor, liquid vapor coming out of my eyes. Liquid vapor, liquid vapor coming out of my mouth. Hello. Liquid vapor. And welcome to Two in the Think Tank, the show where we come up with five sketch ideas. I am Andy. And I'm Alistair George William Trombley Birchall. And this is the first episode since we have returned from the 300th episode Mm. in which we Mm. split it up because we're forced to Mm. buy the thing. And then we use that opportunity to take some time off. Yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) You know, note that we don't say well-earned time off because I don't think think we've earned anything in our lives. No, no. But also, not even right. a little bit of money. You don't have to. You don't have to earn time off. Is that what you're saying, Alistair? Everybody, well, should. you know, I mean, you're finding a place to feel bad where you need you need not. That's true. We're doing a thing that is mostly free for most people, mm. um, and no, you, you, you know, no, you're absolutely right, Alistair. But it it is free for most people. But I feel like the the, the the people who do enjoy it, I get so much enjoyment from the fact that some people do enjoy the podcast that I feel like yeah. I'm already ahead, right? However much oh, they yeah. enjoy the podcast, I enjoy them enjoying the podcast much more than that. And so I feel oh, like yeah. I'm I'm already getting more than my fair share of enjoyment out of the entire exchange. And then for me to then have the temerity to take some time off from doing it and you know it feels like i'm 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 welching on my enjoyment of the enjoyment and well, that's, you know that's what, all i'm Andy? saying i only have one question for that is there a sketch idea in this <laughs> um oh, let's who see. do you think gets the most enjoyment out of things i mean that's that's you know like people competing to have enjoyed something more that's you know, it's, we, we, we've, we've, mm. we've trod on that ground before in this podcast, oh, Andy. Oh, God. We've, God, the yes. ground is compacted under that area of ground. Mm, mm, it's dense. I think uh, we've, had, we've had people driving and, and there was a car race, but it was about who had the most fun. <laughs> okay. All right. But what about this, right? People say, yeah. do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Right? What if... Um, the next frontier in labor, employee, employer relations, you know, in, in that entire uh, arena is that mm. we start to, you know, because at the moment companies can, um, they can monitor your screen and they can see how much you're working right on your screen, see what your screen's sure. doing. But they, yep. you know, at some point they will be able to monitor your brain activity. And they will be able to tell whether or not you're having a good time while you're at work and mm. enjoying it. And I think we will probably get to the point where you enjoying your work is considered a part of your salary package. Okay. And the more you enjoy yourself at work, they will probably 
reduce your pay packet accordingly, right? Do you think though? Uh, you- because, because you could easily lie in your head and go, I'm having a good time like that, right? It's like, it's the equivalent of, you know, lowering a tab of YouTube when, when your manager walks by. Mm. But I think what incentive would you have to have a good time then if you're going to, you know, like the most likelihood is if they were going to put this kind of stuff in, you're going to have mm. a bad time, right? Mm. Yeah, well, um, I, 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 think, I think, you know, in a way it's just a comic premise, Alistair. But in another yeah. way, uh, I think I'm just suggesting that if you were enjoying yourself at work, you know, if if if, if it turns out that you you, you know you know you you see your, you go along you see your friends your friends are there you're happy to see them okay mm. you uh, maybe you've got a beautiful uh, view from the office or maybe there's a, a particularly good type of donut in the canteen right and I think that the company would then say well you know work isn't supposed to be fun but if you're having fun on our time it's a lot less like mm. you're working okay. You know, do what you love and yeah, you'll never work a I, day in your life. So if you are loving ba- it, based, we're going to pay you less. Based on this, Because you're already I getting something out of it. A, I picture a scene mm. where, um, you know, an employee has been called into the office, uh, into the, you know, the manager's office and there's two managers there and they say, you know, Rebecca, it's, you know, it's been great to see you. Have you been having a great time here since you've been here? Oh, yeah. It's it been, been five, so good. Five years? Yeah. I've loved so, every day yeah, of great. it. Mm, yeah, well, um, you know, you seem relatively happy. Happy. I'm ecstatic about this job. I, I love it. That's do the voice, thought, Alistair. Right? And, <laughs> if you're going to do Rebecca's then, lines as well, at least do yeah. her the justice of doing her do, voice. Do her the voice that we have all both agreed on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this has been so good. Oh, it's been the best job I've ever had. We are so happy to hear that, right? Um, and it's because of this joy that you have and that, you know, the, the, you know, how, uh, you know, grateful you are for this position that we've realized that we can pay you less and you won't leave. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. So, you know, we're just kind of, we're restructuring things, uh, mostly people's pay, mostly people who are enjoying things and won't leave. Mostly people and who are in the so, room right now. Mostly you, Rebecca. Yeah. Rebecca, and so we're thinking 15% cut to your pay. Oh, oh, okay. How does that make you feel? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm disappointed. (laughs) But, you know, overall, (laughs) I suppose you're right, I won't leave. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, that's what we thought. That's great news to hear. Mm. Um, (laughs) Because we love having you here. And it's just that, you know, uh, our boss... You know they they pay us more if we can get general costs down. Mm. Mm. And the reason why that's important is because we're both very unhappy here. <laughs> and so, as you would be if you if spent we, all your time docking money from people who, mm. who. And so, I really need this pay raise if the company wants to keep me. And so, thank you very much for being so understanding. Oh no, no worries. <laughs> Oh, thanks for the work, though. Do you want about the work. Do you want a, um, a, a peppermint from the bowl on the way out? Oh, I love peppermints. Oh. Great. Well, that's another 2% off your pay. Oh. Oh. 
Oh, well. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, goody. Um, is that a sketch? Yeah. Here? No, I think it. I think it's a sketch idea, Alistair. I feel like there's a small amount of hesitation coming from you about the validity of yeah. this as a sketch idea, but I think it's very strong. And if not a sketch idea, then a deeply satirical take on on where we are at as um, as a capitalist uh, society. So. You know, we need more of those. Well, that could be the tag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> we could just explain the sketch and how it is a bit satirical. Yeah, great. I mean, people need satire. You know, how else is, Do they? How else is power going to be held to account? Power in a, in a way that changes it's absolutely so nothing, Alistair. That's so it, funny. I, in a way that allows you know. us to laugh at the status quo and its cruelties and its vagaries with, and, and thereby release some of the tension that would otherwise drive us to revolution. Well, do you think, do you think that there's a possibility that maybe if the problem with comedy is that it doesn't affect change, mm. what if you did comedy that was done... With guns and bombs. <laughs> I, 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 as you started that sentence, I was like, I hope at the end of this we're, sh- we're somehow writing our jokes onto bullets and shooting them into people's heads instead of, <laughs> instead of just telling them into their ears. Well, uh, you've got to show, don't tell. But also, it's not about... I think if you shot a bullet at somebody's body mm. in a normal way, I don't think that that would be funny. No, but if you, but if you did it in a way that was, uh, you know, physically humorous, mm, totally, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you know. I, th- I think there's ways of doing it. The, it's the same is, way. You what could, is the funniest gun? I mean, it's probably fun, the the bazooka. The bazooka is the funniest gun. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's certainly. Contains inherent in itself the the greatest potential for the comedy of somebody pointing it the wrong direction, right? Yeah, I mean that joke has definitely been done. Yeah, um, but but I mean I think pointing any gun in the wrong direction is funny. That's true. I mean, a gun uh, maybe part of our our our, our comedy arsenal. Will be a gun mm. that is designed really to be is pointed the other way, and it shoots the bullets out of the back. But <laughs> I mean, otherwise, it's going to look exactly like a normal gun. But mm, true. it is one that you point towards yourself. Oh, this is this is so satirical, Alistair. This is so satirical. This is like the you know when you point a finger at somebody else. There's however many fingers pointing back at you. Hmm. Uh, uh, either you know, between wh- three or or possibly four, depending on if you do any weird shit with your thumb. But <laughs> there's well, I like, when you I point like- at someone else, there's there's three fingers pointing it back at you, and there's one that's either pointing sort of at the sky at any birds, or or maybe sort of down to the ground about a meter in front of you. That's the. Thumb. But then also sometimes you just have three fingers sort of po- pointing inside your palm. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I guess that is me. I guess I am my palm. 
You're, you know, yeah, you are your palm. I've always said it. But I, su- um, I suppose. But, I mean, I, I, I guess a gun in which the you put a bullet in and that, you know, you, you hold the gun backwards and you fire that little hammer that normally mm. um, strikes the bullets. Well, and that shoots out, does it? And hits the person in the Yeah, that's that bit of goes around and hits people <laughs> like that. I think what this would be really good, I think this would be very artistic, if not comedic, mm. Alistair, because, you know, what it's really saying is that it's ourselves that we are, through violence, mm. we hurt ourselves as much as we hurt other people. You know, by pointing the gun at ourselves, you know, it would really, yeah. um, it would really serve to uh, highlight, underline, underscore the um, the cyclical and the psychological uh, perils of, of of violence. And I think the army <laughs> would be very interested in this. In, in what the psychological perils? Of uh, oh, I think they'd be interested in a gun that was uh, that made an artistic comment about war. <laughs> mm. Well, I mean, the, the army has bands. They know, do. They, band. they do. The army they, band. They must have an art gallery. Mm. And they a modern have art gallery. A satire troupe. Army. <clears throat> oh, I did. Oh, yes, I was in the in the army uh, satire review. Satirical army review. So what, what do you see as the satirical bit of this gun? A gun that shoots backwards? You well, it doesn't it necessarily it shoot back. Well, it, what it is, is it, it looks like it's pointing in one direction, so the barrel is pointing towards you. But mm. when you pull the trigger, the gun, the, the gun does shoot a bullet out or, you know, shoots the little hammer out. You know, you can, you can still use it as a gun to attack people, right? But symbolically, yeah. because it is pointing towards you yourself, yeah, it is making a point, as it points about how sure you point the yeah the, those who commit violence um, experience you know uh, their own psychological trauma and they are victims. Mm. In a, even in though in this way. case they actually aren't a victim in any way yeah, other that's than right. that's right. Well, well, I mean yeah. they are in a <laughs> in a metaphorical way. In a and that's right. So. You know, but in a real way, they're, they're not long hit. term. No, they're, they're not, not damaged in no, any. No, no, they're fine. And I think that's. What, I mean, so, I think it would be very difficult to convince the army to buy a gun that did actually shoot their own own soldiers. But I think that you know that's true. There, I mean, look at if they wanted a gun that shot their own that shot their own soldiers when you pointed it back at you, <laughs> I feel like they already have that. <laughs> <laughs> And that would be a real hard sell. <laughs> well, I mean, this I is mean, our, although they, they probably this is our reverse knife Actually, that's what from do. teleport. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a knife that points the other way. It's a reverse satirical <laughs> gun, but that Alistair. shoots backwards. Alistair. Yeah. Oh fuck! What was I going to say? So, oh well, think about this, right? There are at the moment we have a rule where for certain amounts of infrastructure spending. In Australia, yeah. a certain percentage of that has to be spent on art. So I think it might be only on a state-by-state basis, but that's why you get, for those big like toll road projects, you get that roadside art. You know, That's because sure. there is some regulation that basically says this small percentage of your total budget has to be spent on some kind of cultural 
thing. Okay. But obviously some of our biggest spending as a country is on defence, right? Yeah. And and I think that that suggests to me that, that we should do the same thing and that for every, you know, billion warheads that you make, nah, billions probably too mm. many for warheads, for every 500 machine guns that you buy or or manufacture, you have to do one yeah. artistic interpretation of that or one that makes a of comment. A gun. Of a gun. Yeah. You get you hire think, an artist. Yeah. I figured out how the guy gets hurt in this thing, right? Yeah. So he obviously is pointing the gun at himself, but it's a satirical gun mm. and it fires at the back. Now, obviously, it hurts the person who's standing in front of them. Um, you know, from the person shooting the gun that's pointed at them. Um, that hurts them. But also, it probably hurts the person firing the gun in that the gun not only hits the person in front of them, but all of society is skewered by this bullet. Mm. Yes. And the, the firer of the gun, being a part of society, yep. cannot help. <laughs> but be hoisted upon their own petard. <laughs> if that's a saying that can work in this context, I don't know. I think it is, Alistair. I think it. I think it very much. I think it. I think it. We've almost taken it back to its original context, where it loses all its metaphorical meaning whatsoever. Yeah. But I think it's. I think that that's. I think that's good. Yeah, I think that's my favorite. Um, so what am I writing here? Satirical gun? I think satirical gun is is good. And I think that the listeners will thank us for moving on. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, do you know I don't, I don't 100%, you know, believe in any of the power of satire? Um, yeah, uh, I don't know if we've discussed this, but it's, you know, it's something that I occasionally feel as well in my low, in my low moments. That I think this is how my thinking of it goes, right? I think a lot of the time, I mean, I guess in the end you got to write about something and you may as well write about something that's happening currently, probably. That's, that's probably the real explanation, that if you're doing something, you may as well do something that, is, that fits with the times and the things that fit with the times are things that are happening now. Yeah. <laughs> right? So that is probably a good explanation of why you should just write about stuff that is happening now because you're going to have more people who are engaged with the now in terms of potential audience. And I think that the, the I think my, my problem is with important comedy mm. is that I, I don't necessarily think it's super funny a lot of the time. Mm. Yeah. But I think people love to watch it because it's like a good cause, especially something that is like anti, you know, anti bad stuff. Mm. Any bad thing that is the comedy that is anti that people go, well, I don't like that bad thing. Mm. I like supporting things that are against that thing. <laughs> yeah. Right. By, right. But I don't necessarily think it means that the thing is good. <laughs> I don't know. This is my new theory. Okay. This is the new theory I really wanted to get to is that I find that any great epiphany or insight is only good inside your head when it's still, you see it perfectly because you can't see its flaws. Yes. Right? But once you get it out into the world, then 
you can see its flaws and it can be manipulated and, and it can be, <laughs> you can be laughed at. Right? <laughs> yeah, people can criticize so, it. People can criticize it. So any huge insight you should keep inside your head. This is why I don't like lyrics and songs because that's just insights coming out of your head. Yeah. Right? Literally, that's the act of singing is the insights coming out of your head. Right? And so, and, and that just means that these insights are now way dumber than they were moments ago when they felt perfect. Yeah. Well, it's, it, you know, they and I think you shouldn't ruin like, good it's insights. It's like driving a car off the lot. As soon as an idea mm. comes out of your head, it's lost a huge amount of its value because it, it gets, you know, it instantly it gets that wear and tear, but, you know, the sheen comes off it quite literally. Um, or yeah. quite not literally. Quite literally. Do you quite have... literally? Quite literally, Alastair. Yes. Quite literally. Yeah. So no. you, you, your ideas have sheen on them. I mean, is there some way? Uh, sorry to move on, but you, you got me there, Alastair. Even as I pointed out to myself <laughs> how silly that sentence was, no, you I also pointed it. it out to me, and I think that that's uh, yeah, a good point, well made. Uh, but the, then the tricky thing is because part of part of the joy of what feels like a really good idea, I think, mm-hmm. is the feeling that you get of "Gosh, I'm going to look so smart when I tell people this." Right? I don't think that, sure. uh, and I'm sure everyone else in the world has exactly the same sort of unhealthy psychology that I have in this area. It's mm-hmm. not just me, but you know, you think of a clever thing and you think, "God." That I'm going to sound so clever when I say my clever thing, and uh, I want to know: um, is there any way to still get that thrill, or like, how can you, how can you, um, basically, how can you still have people think you're clever when when you just keep all of your ideas inside your head? Uh, well, what if I made you? What if I? told you this i don't know if anybody thinks that you're clever <laughs> no now that may no 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 that may or may not be true right sure but there's a chance that it is yeah right yeah and so you can still feel like people will think that you're clever by not letting the ideas out mm. and just existing in the potential of it yeah but i feel like i'm I'm constantly teasing myself there, you know. I'm yeah. Well, well, the real flaw in the, any of the things that I said before is that you and I both know from having worked on things that we can say something and we can write it down, and then it takes an immense amount of work before it is a thing that is functioning and mm, clever sounding. That's true. So, the big flaw in my thing is that it, where it seems perfect in your mind, and then you let it out. Um, it actually wasn't perfect in either case, um, and and it, it's after a bunch of work that it even has any kind of value at all. So, well, I think then, and then people might think that you're clever, especially after you have you make a show with an f- interesting shape or something. Yeah, that's true. But I think maybe though, what you need to do then is to just—I mean, the alternative uh, is to just um, achieve a, a, a position of fame and power. Where you can surround yourself mm-hmm. with people who won't criticize any of your ideas, so you do get to say your things out loud and still feel clever, because you create a, a sort of a world that is just an extension of your own mind, 
and an echo chamber where you know your ideas can be affirmed in what to you seems like the real world even though um it's it's not it's a it's a sham but is that a sketch in any idea? way <laughs> well either a sketch idea or do you you would not suge- you would not look maybe this is not in any way fun so but just the idea like i mean I know that I would constantly, if I was in one of those situations where people were agreeing with me, I would, my first thought would be people don't actually find this clever and they are just agreeing with me. And then I would leave. Um, well, that's why you need to be raised, uh, in a, in a world of privilege and idolation, you know, in a, um, you know, in a, in a sort of, you need, you need to be very rich, very well off. Um, you need to be maybe in the monarchy or something like that. Um, yeah. And All right, I'll see if I can do that. Yeah, great. I mean, do that, you think there's still a chance for me to join the monarchy at this point? Uh, or even raised in it? I mean, at what point is somebody's raising absolutely complete? Is yeah. it, that's just when people stop taking care of you, right? Yeah, that's right. But I think you know you could. Um, I guess you At could any have point, some could sort of traumatic brain injury that would erase all. I know, your but memories. is that necessary? And then you could or be raised. Or can I just? Can, is that necessary? Or can I just go to Prince Charles and say, Prince Charles, I am unbelievably inferior to you. Mm. Could you parent me? Um, and if in the in the in the in the off chance. He would agree. Um, would I then be getting raised by Prince Charles? Because I mean, obviously, he's teaching me things. He's preparing me more for the world. Anything that I learn from Prince Charles, that that would, if I learn anything, I suppose I am getting raised. Uh, Alistair, I think there's something in this. I think it might even be a sketch idea. I think, you know, I think Prince Charles. Asking asking royals to adopt you, I think it's like the pretty girl at the party, you know. Nobody's asking them. Asking the pretty girl at the party to adopt you. That, yeah, exactly. Everyone's too nervous and everyone assumes that they've already been asked. No one's ever asked mm. Prince Charles to, to be their daddy. <laughs> Will you be my daddy, Prince Charles? And you know, yeah, and often you know he's in this newer, you know, a newer relationship with Camilla. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how long have they been together? Longer than we've been alive. You know, it's I, a new it, one. It, yeah, but there's kind of that thing where it's like, well, you know, they don't have any children together. Mm. Oh. You know, and I reckon that might be something that is that is gone. You know. Unmet it's, it's, a need. Unmet, yeah. And I I wouldn't be surprised if you put it to both of them. You know, often they mm. appear at, at, at you know at functions together. <laughs> um I don't know if it's as long a shot as it seems. Yeah, no, I think this is really good, Al. I like it. I have another idea, a monarchy based idea. I think you should write that down, by the way, asking Prince Charles to be your dad. Um Yeah. And Have you moved to a to a a, a less um, networked network ready place area of yeah. your house? Um, no, I haven't moved at all. I'm sorry if there's okay. interference. Can you still hear me? I can hear you pretty good now. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, uh, my other idea is just 
and we might have come up with something similar to this, but I'm, you know, I don't think that we do need the monarchy, but I do think that it would be very uh, interesting and fun and funny mm-hmm. to get um, some people, right, and tell them that they're the monarchy, right? And sort of coddle them and give them all this money and let them, you know, go around and open shopping centres and that sort of thing and be like, oh, that's great, Your Majesty, that kind of thing, right? And let them have their kids and then tell them, those kids, that they're going to be the new king and queen or whatever. And you're like, oh, you know, good idea, you so great. Gosh, we love you. And then sing songs about them and just make them sit up in a seat, special seat at the, at the, at the opera and that sort of stuff. And then... About 30, 40 years later or something like that, you go, just kidding, right? And then you, you, you just say, ah, none of this stuff's yours. You know, we didn't really think you were that great. And then you, oh, you just got to go back to your normal lives now. And, they, and then, then we make a show. We make a show about it. It's sort of the Truman Show, but... Uh, Wait, are we essentially just editing the footage? Is that, or we haven't been f- filming this whole time? Uh... Oh, no. Like when we make a show about it, or are we basing a, a fictional show off of this prank that you pulled? Uh, no, we're we're, we're um, we are we are filming the prank, right? I mean, the, you know, a lot of their early life is going to be filmed anyway because uh, you know they're, we're telling them they're famous and you know putting them on the news and that kind of stuff. But everybody okay. everybody knows it's not real except for them. And then we say, "Ha, got you!" Right. I mean, you could even do this with the with the current monarchy, which is where you with disband the, the monarchy without telling them and let them keep going for a while. Yeah, and then and then Wait. you reveal it, and then you know you you film them stuff struggling to try and just live a normal life, get a job and that kind of thing. Like I think it'd be really funny if you know Prince Charles or or William or whatever you know someone with no real life skills but all this privilege. Then has to go along to job interviews and that kind of thing, and uh, you know, go. So go we to take away all their money. Try and get a, a license. Well, they don't really have any money. They thought they did, but we were just tricking them by letting them. Spend oh, I thought it. maybe this was just the. Re- I thought this was the reverse prank. We somehow get everybody who's involved in the church in the in the sort of the monarchy to just say that they weren't. It was just a prank. And then thirty to forty years later, we tell them, "Ah, just kidding. You are actually quite rich and stuff, and <laughs> kings and queens." Yeah, it's the it's the it's the what you would do for season two of your first prank. I think that's a really good season two. Yeah, it's hard. It's very often difficult yeah. to do a season two of a prank of a big yeah, prank. But you do the reverse prank. Yeah. And you go, ah, we got yeah, because they will, they probably will have, you know, if you're a royal, you're probably interested in any kind of royal-based shows that are on TV. <laughs> yeah, and you hear, you go, you go, oh, there's a royal-based reality TV sh- series that's going for thirty to forty years. Yeah, that would, I feel, get your attention at some point. Sure. And sure. then, and then, I think you'd hear about it, and you'd go, oh my. You know, as somebody's telling you, you're also fake royal. You'd be devastated. You go, oh my god, I can't believe this. I thought they the backstory that they did, you know, um, was so extensive with the all the I, I really all thought, the paintings and the really, castles and stuff. Yeah, and I really thought that my grandfather was, you know, a king as well, and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, do you think it would have to be done with orphans the first season, or? <laughs> I- 
Or just I think it would have. I mean, it starts to feel very cruel then if it's done with orphans. That was that was sort of why halfway through I was like, oh, maybe we could just do this with the real monarchy because I started to worry about where we would get these people from and then trick them into oh, thinking they... that they're happy and wealthy. And I assume, mm. it occurred to me that the only really way we could get it is if they were extremely poor. And then you know that just seems that seems nasty. I mean, I suppose another way you could do it is you could find somebody who's already extremely rich and then Mm. tell them that, oh, we've discovered that you're the next in line for the throne or whatever. But then you can't, you know, when you take take that away, well, they just go back to being rich again. So, yeah. yeah. And they probably also just would still enjoy some of their wealth while they were... They could probably spend all of the monarchy's wealth. They'd probably mm. could cost your show a fortune. Yeah, they'd probably be better off at the end of this whole thing. Um, yeah, they'd probably invest it, and actually. <laughs> they'd be like, oh, well, then can I keep the profits? And do really well. Yeah. Oh, it's essentially them just getting a loan, getting a loan to invest um, without As... having to pay any in- in- interest on that loan. Yep. No, you're right. God, they're doing well. And they probably start to make me feel like they they are better than us. They played us this whole time. Like a kazoo. They put us in their mouth and just kind of sang. Mm. So sort of talk with us in their mouth, yeah, like you do with a kazoo. What if you could do that? Because you could do that with somebody's finger. You could put somebody's finger in your mouth and you could just talk. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't mean like a like like it's a cigar. Although you could do that too, so yeah, like yeah. hold hold their finger between your teeth and then just talk. I mean, yeah. you think that would be a nice date idea? You know, first date, you go out with somebody and you sit across this, it's this special bar that you go to that has very small tables, and then <laughs> you just maybe there's a thing of hand sanitizer on the on the table. You squirt it. You both you know sanitize your hands, especially in these this day and age, mm. and then you let it evaporate, and then. You both put your right fingers in each other, index fingers in each other's mouth, and the other person bites down on it hard enough to kind of hold it in place, so the person doesn't have to like hold their arm up the whole time. It's like it's enough. Like oh my it's god! Far back enough. It's going to be. They're going to have to bite you quite hard to carry the weight of the arm. Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe they can have like um, elbow stirrups. That's nice. Yep, I think that works. Yeah. Special and then, and then you just talk to each other, but you got to keep your fingers in each other's mouths. Do you think that would be anything? Um, well, it uh, it, could, it could be something. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it feels like it's another another base, right? Like, you know, it sort of feels like it's pre-kissing because sort of digital sex is obviously sort of a a, a, a foreplay version of. Of, of of penetrative other forms of penetrative sex uh, for a lot of people, and feels like that there could be a, a digital version of kissing, you know, with fingers in the mouth. So before you put your tongue in, you put your finger in. Is that what you, is it, does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you know, just um, exploring <laughs> the person's mouth with your finger. I think this could. Uh, I think this could be good. I think we should introduce. Also, oh, you're exploring. You're you're allowed to explore the mouth. I guess that would make sense. Yeah. 
Um, while your fingers. I in mean, there. maybe you take turns because I mean, you would you could do it maybe while you're talking because you wouldn't do it while the other person's talking. Explore their mouth. Um, you know, it's kind of like doodling. You know, it's like um, while you're talking, if you're exploring their mouth, like like, kind of like doodling <laughs> yeah. in their mouth. You know, that could be cool. But then as soon as it's their turn to talk, you can't keep moving your finger around. You've got to put it back in between the teeth. No, that's very disrespectful. Um, yeah. Yeah, I like this as, uh, you know, you know, I love a new government program. But I think, government program. I, I think that the government introduces it. I think the new, the prime minister has come up with this new thing and they've started... <laughs> Yes, I love the idea of the, the the prime minister having ideas for getting <laughs> dating things happening. Yeah, why not? You know. Yeah, I love it. Well, they're supposed it's to like be. An, it's like a, it's like an aunt that has bad ideas that you have to listen to. Exactly. Um, and yeah, you know they they start a, a public information campaign and they have sort of recruitment drives or whatever. Um, maybe there's some financial incentives for people to start doing this because that the government, the, the prime minister in particular, is that passionate about this new idea. I, you know, it's like, you know, that guy occasionally does the rounds on Twitter. Some guy who'd invented a new kind of ball sport that involves like it's called like bullet ball or something like that, and it involves flinging balls with your arm on a table. Have you seen that? Oh, I think I, I think I saw that guy's Shark Tank. Yeah, exactly. He went on Shark Tank. He was really, really committed. He'd spent all his family's money on this idea. Yeah. But what if that guy, but he had this idea about putting fingers in his mouth, and he's also the prime minister, and he's kept it, he's kept it under his hat this whole time. Not that he's prime minister, or that, that he's <laughs> had these ideas. That he has this idea, <laughs> and he gets in under some other premise. Right, maybe maybe it's he's got a, otherwise a really good campaign, you know, really good. He platform. says he was, he's, you know, he's really like anti-corruption and stuff. Yeah, like that. exactly. And maybe he, he is, gets in. but really, that's that's not what his agenda is about. I just like the idea of a prime minister. It's like, and the prime, you know, you're watching the news, and it says, and the prime minister is going to address uh, the cameras now, and we'll cut to that, and you see him arrive, and he goes. It's first thing he says as he kind of approaches the mic. He goes, "All right, what do you guys think about this one?" <laughs> you know, uh, you know. So I, I don't know. I think he's, I like that he's spitballing. He's mm. spitballing on the national stage. He goes, "What do you think about this?" All right, this dates. It's like a horse date. You know, like people love horses, right? But what about this? You you're laying under like a glass floor, and the horses are walking above you, and you're just laying next to each other. So it's like you don't have that awkward thing of being face to face, and then sometimes like a horse pisses on you, and you're just like, "What?" Oh, like that, and you kind of going through something together, and I feel like that already is you know bonding you together. Mm. Well, we all know that riding on top of a horse is very romantic as a date. Mm. Imagine how much how being ten feet above a horse. <laughs> <laughs> you think that's what it is? Do you think it's the higher above a horse? It, well, we don't know. We don't know. Yeah, I mean, that this feels like a different idea where he's just speculating things and putting it out there. You know, I, I like the idea of he has this as his personal passion project and he's got the 
the political capital to push it through with the finger in the mouth thing. Now, as for your prime minister who's just coming up with ideas for what could be Please. things to do with on dates and he's coming up with them in public, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I'm interested. It, yeah. I, I also it's like to see him bring it up in the, uh, in the cabinet room to all of the other, his, his other colleagues. I like to think that in the cabinet room, he's just talking. He's just a straight talker, talking about all the policy things that he's going to do, and he's agreeing <laughs> with them. And he's like, absolutely. <laughs> and then he's like, okay, how about this? All right. Backpacks for your legs. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. We've got cargo pants pockets there on the side. Mm. Right. And you might keep like a knife on the or a gun on the inside of your leg. Mm. But there's no pockets for the back of your leg, like yeah. a legs back. The backpack. calf, you know, back of the calf there. Mm. What are we putting there? Nothing. Nobody's putting a pocket there. Why not? He goes, I've, I've got a whole department on it now. You know what? I think that actually like makes that? it more sense as a place to put a pocket because the ones under your bum, when you sit down, they can often be quite uncomfortable. But the back no, of the calf there, that's never experiencing any pressure. That's... That makes so much... That's a perfect place to put a pocket. Oh, yeah. Except for maybe when you're going down a big slide or something. Even then, though, it's still preferable to to having it under your bum. right? Oh, the, yeah. And and also, you could always slide on your belly. Exactly. Head first. Yeah. So, is this, a, is, this a, is this an idea? Is this a sketch idea, Alistair? That we've actually found the perfect place to put a pocket? Could be, you know, it it could even be a little, a special little, as you say, a backpack sort of thing that has its own straps and it straps onto the back of the leg there, and you can put things down there. You know, even when you're wearing shorts, then you can still have your little, your little calf pocket. Hmm. I think it could be Andy. You think it could be a sketch idea? Well, it's not it's not a heaps of a sketch idea. But. Okay, but but Alistair, but you know, I mean, think about the character who's going to be pushing this. He's going to be wacky. The prime minister. He's the prime minister. <laughs> I mean, I love the prime minister having a little side hustle, pushing a little something <laughs> on the side. I'll be selling those on my Redbubble. Um, you guys can check that out. Check it out on my website. He just links people to his website, not the prime minister's website. Like no, his own name. Yeah, he I goes, think it's good. You guys like this T-shirt? Thirty-five bucks. He's just wearing a T-shirt, and it's and it's it's his. He's wearing his own merch. Yep. I mean the the the, the the overalls that the overalls had the. Uh, Temerity to do that big middle pocket, didn't they? Nothing, no other item of clothing mm. has really done that middle of the chest pocket. No, no, no. What? Let me think. I mean, you know, you got no. your hoodies, but that's more of a belly kind of that big belly trough. Yeah, and it's kind of like a yeah, like a tube. It is kind of like a tube, and you you can put your hands in there. But if you put actually keep stuff in that pocket, you look like a fucking loser. Right, you think nobody, so? Nobody actually keeps things in that pocket, do they? Oh, you could keep. You could walk with it around with a kebab in there. I, I don't know that that's wise. <laughs> I don't a know that that's cards. a good idea. 
you know, a deck of cards and uh you know maybe one of those reverse guns nobody nobody is also nobody is doing a pocket that is waterproof right that is like sort of grease proof that you can keep food in you can keep wet food in right like it's just loose loose soup <laughs> i mean i wasn't going to go so far as to say loose soup but you know a soup pocket a pe- you know a, these are the only these are the only pants that have a soup pocket is interesting i mean to me the overalls the overalls you know front chest pocket feels like that would be perfect for soup and just like have a little straw that you can drop down in there yeah but you know as a as when you're working on the work site i i, I this is a mistake i've made those high up pockets because you're bending down a lot to pick things up yeah that doesn't work it feels like yeah but you know this is this would be good for like a cargo pants pocket or something like that yeah but a, what if i had like um but what if i had like a ziplock on the top yeah okay i'll allow it yeah, I mean, don't lock. you think that if you were making a a soup pocket, you'd make the top airtight and closable? Um, yes, unless I was also doing it for comedy purposes, in which case I think it would be funnier to have it open, right? I think you could still you could still spell it with it open. Yeah, but I just think I think as an idea, I think just a more or less normal pocket. That has been sealed so that soup won't leak through down below, but then yeah. that you can just that that the, the soup is just there. It's just sitting there. I think I that's get the funnier. purity. I get the purity, Andy. Of you know when you come up with your sketch ideas, your products for sketch ideas that you would like them to be funny. But for me, for me, this is just a long game. I'm I'm actually hoping to eventually sell these products. Yeah. And I'm only using this the guise of this sketch idea to see which ones are likely to work, and and then I'm and then I'm gone after that. As soon as one of these products takes off, I'm <laughs> out of here. That's what all I'm waiting for. I think I think that is a is an interesting way to road test ideas because obviously mm. you know in comedy you do want things to be ludicrous or heightened or or you know you want things to be laughable. Right, in comedy, sure. But in mm. in product design, in in business ideas, you you quite the opposite. You don't want things to be laughable. And while you know uh, there are comedians who will go along to other people's sets and potentially, you know, I think this was a bigger problem back in the day, but would wait for whatever got a laugh and then write that down and then steal that joke and do that joke. I think that there should also be um, business people and entrepreneurs who go along and wait for something to not get a laugh and then write that down and be like, well, that's not laughable. Oh, uh, that could be taken very seriously. It could be taken very seriously. That's exactly the kind oh. of thing I'm looking for. I'm going to steal that idea and go and use that at my non-laughable business <laughs> as a well, legitimate going concern. That's not a joke. That's a going concern. I don't really know what the term "going concern" means, but <laughs> but you, you you're just imagining a guy who's tightening up. He's tightening up a very serious speech by removing anything that could be potentially humorous. Exactly. Yes. Um. You know, or or, or just or you know, or or hoping for an actual actual business idea. Of some kind, you know. For example, uh, you know, this 
I think I think we can talk about Louis C.K.'s bit. Um, what was it called? Shitty ass stupid pet ass fuckers. Pet. Yeah, maybe it was that. Yeah, I think maybe I thought I thought it was. Yeah, it's probably his shitty ass pet fuckers or stupid ass pet fuckers. Yeah, right. And it was his shop where he spent. If he was a billionaire, he spends lots of money to make a pet shop where they have sex with your pets, and he keeps yeah, opening they, up new stores all over the place. Now. And every can of food is a million dollars. <laughs> yeah, and the and the the joke went well. But if that joke had gone badly, I think as mm. a, bus- a business person in the audience would have been um, justified in thinking, "Well, people aren't laughing because that just sounds like a good business idea." And that's right. Would go away and try and get that off the ground. I suppose if his idea was we should make a pet store where everything is is reasonably priced and we don't have sex with the pets, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe because then people wouldn't wouldn't uh, laugh then, and then they'd be like, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I think what you're talking about is there's somebody up there reading a business plan. <laughs> exactly right, and I like the idea of this guy in the audience furiously writing down the words "don't have sex with the pets" and then underlining mm-hmm. it several times. Underlining it, Excla- yeah. exclamation point, exclamation yeah. point. <laughs> and then taking it back to the boardroom and saying, "Fellas, I've cracked it." <laughs> All right, look, I'm just spitballing here, but what about this? <laughs> we don't have sex with the pets. <laughs> I mean, in a way, the joke there—if you know—if we're—if we're pitching this as a sketch, the joke there is just exactly the same in the end as Louis C.K.'s joke. But we've just said the. Well, I mean, the that's only because we're basing it off of Louis C.K.'s joke. We yes, would have right. to come up with something else. Something else. Something else. Something else. Um. Anyway, um is there anything there? Business people. Yes. Going yes. to open mics and stealing the open mics and stealing the serious bits. Hmm. Mm. Yep. Andy, do you think we should go to three? I think it's time, Alistair. Three Alistair. lessons from a listener. I think that would be very. Wise. I think we should three words from a listener. Well. Andy, I don't know if you know about this, but we have listeners, and one of them is called Crud, or K-Rudd. <gasps> and they're from Canberra, I think, and there's a chance that it's Kevin Rudd. It's really exciting if that's the case. Hi, Kevin. Um, this, this listener is in our Discord, and they are posting whale facts almost every day. Yeah, uh, rail, incredible. Rare rare. rare about rare whales, rare rare whale facts, some mm. rare facts about common whales. Um, it's it's a real good time. You should get into the Discord link mm. is in the comments or the whatever. Yeah, and we recently had um, some words from K Rudd on our uh, bonus Patreon. episode, Patreon episodes as well, which mm-hmm. are going to go up tonight when I upload them. That's incredible. Um, now, do you, as Crud also gave us right before the 300th episode, sent in 100 three word suggestions. <laughs> I have been, I have been a little bit slack with the Patreon since the 300th episode. I have not, I apologize to everybody. I've just, uh, I just, I think I've been worn out. 
Um, and so I apologize, but but so I didn't do all hundred of those, and we didn't do them during the the three hundredth episode. But we do have the first of those. Do you want to try and guess what the first word of that first of a hundred is? Yeah, uh, legitimacy. No, Andy. The first one is gigantic. Okay. Uh, the second word is cubic. No, Andy. The second one is marine. Gigantic marine animal. I'm sorry, Andy. That is incorrect. The third word is mammal. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, great. Um, gigantic marine mammal. Now, um, well, this is you know something. Uh, well, that... let's picture what would it, what would a mammal be like in water? Okay, let's let's think of mammals. There mm. are pigs. Yep. There are dogs. Yep. Uh, it's obviously uh, you know um, pig dogs, kangaroos, possums, kangaroos, uh, rats. Koalas. Rats. I mean, this is the this is the the width of of possible creatures a mammal can be. But now we have to picture one of those in water. Mm. Yeah, wet. Um, because you know, obviously, whales are the uh, you know the blue whale. We're constantly told is the not only the biggest animal alive now, but also is the biggest animal that has ever lived. Which I can't get my head around when I see the size of those fucking big dinosaurs. Can't believe that the blue whale's bigger than that, but apparently it is. Right? Yeah, it's crazy right. that we're alive at the same time as the biggest animal that's ever lived. That's a real treat. Yeah. That's a real rare at treat. At least some of them. Yeah. yeah. But um, that doesn't mean that it's the biggest animal that will ever live, the biggest mammal or biggest animal that will ever no, live. No, of course not. And, you know, we have the potential i think as a species to m- make a bigger one um you know uh either via genetic engineering or some sort of extensive surgery um i think we could even yeah. you know we could even selectively I think breed. surgery would take ages just <laughs> yeah. because you know like it's like one of those things where it's like people you know, like sometimes just getting like a, you know, I don't know, a breast augmentation or something that can take four or five hours or whatever mm. like that. So think how much it would take to get, you know, an, a mammal augmentation to the point that it's bigger than a a whale, especially with the delicacies of um, of surgery. Do you think this would be keyhole surgery? <laughs> a blowhole surgery? Um, blowhole. Oh, so you're suggesting that we make another animal... That's bigger than the blue whale, and it has to be a whale. Oh, it doesn't have to be, but we could, you know, we we could even just pick one of the uh, the next whatever the next whale down is, and try and just pump it up somehow, and just get it over the line uh, to be yeah. the largest. I don't know, but you could do something with all these um, these bits of you know they with stem cells, and they can grow those football fields of of skin mm. from a you know from a baby's foreskin. Yep feels like you only need two of those that you basically need to sort of seal up at the edges like a ravioli or whatever. <laughs> so it's, a, it's you, you, or, or like one of those little dumpling uh, yeah. things. You squeeze it around. So you, you're making a football-sized fo- uh, baby's foreskin 
and then you're getting yeah. another one as well and you're sort of sealing it around the edge like that and then you just need to find a way to make it alive yeah yeah you know like now i know that you know i know that there's you know with with trees you can sort of just graft a branch on mm. um and i know with you know, with other body parts, we've been able to just put a bit, of, you know, put an ear under the skin of a person or whatever like that, and, it, and the body keeps it alive. Could you do that with something that's, you know, 10 times bigger than that animal? Could you, could I, you sort of slide some of that under the skin of a rat? Yeah, I, do, I don't see why not. Like, you could just attach one to the very edge of it, right? And then I mm. think that gets you over the line of being Yeah, like, just, but it... You'd want it to stay alive for long enough, you know, like for for the Guinness. Bit. But then, would you, would you put it in the water? I guess it would do better if it, you know, if it was a living creature that feasts off of its own flesh. Mm. I don't know what you'd fill up the middle, you know, of the dumpling with. Maybe just fat. I mean, it could it could actually be quite useful, right? That if we made a whole bunch of these things, right? It's just like a rat on its back in the middle, floating on the top of one of these enormous sheets of um, of foreskin, and mm. you know, you get enough of those sort of bobbing around at the in the Atlantic or the Pacific, mm. and they're going to um, potentially, you know, uh, reflect some of the sun's light. Uh, they might even, you know, uh, insulate the uh, the oceans from from global warming in some way. It could be a sure. could be a really good idea. Sort of like a skin that comes before the ocean. Yeah, yeah, a before skin. But like, but like a rat. <laughs> exactly. But kept alive by like a central rat. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. On its back. <laughs> And so it's like a rat with its own island. Like it's like it's, you know, it's like a creature that is its own island. Exactly, Alistair. It keeps its island alive and then maybe probably helps feed the plankton with its dead skin cells that fall away. Yeah. Or Which, let's be honest, with its heart probably can't sustain keeping all of that alive. Yeah. There have to be I, I veins in there, right? The, uh, yeah, I mean, the, but, you know, it could be very thin, right? I mean, yeah, it'd be difficult. There'd be a big pumping job, but maybe the uh, the movement of the waves will help to circulate some of the some of the essential nutrients, which I believe or I imagine are delivered to the rats by specially trained seabirds. Yeah, I mean, maybe it could just be a bit of lung tissue, so that mm. it's all absorbing air, and so that it all lives. That's a really good idea. You know, if it's lung tissue, does it need to have blood flowing through it or does it get enough access to air? Yeah, well, I mean, it would only be a question of whether or not it needs other kinds of nutrients as well. Mm. But, you know, also for this to technically be a mammal, which it has to be, it does also need to, like, sort of reproduce and feed its young with milk and that kind of thing. And I think it's going to well, be difficult for can... these rat things to reproduce. They this probably get picked up by the wind this a fair is, bit. This is a, this is a really... This is nothing. This is a very really? unpleasant nothing of an idea. But they probably get picked up by the wind a lot and probably land on each other. That's true. You know, rats have a very quick breeding thing. And the, the only problem is that we have to change their DNA so that they get this big pouch on their back when they're born. Mm. Yeah. The old 
dumpling back water dumpling rat. Back ra- water rat. Oh, Jesus Christ. Anyway, is, is that this not anything? It? Is that no. anything? I don't know. I'm sorry, crud. No, 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 Alistair. You definitely don't apologize. I mean, again, I find I find the idea of somebody proposing this uh, funny. I find the possibility that this is what we end up with as our solution to climate change. I find that quite uh, funny. You know, I, possibly aliens coming down and seeing that this is what we've done to the oceans and us mm. having to explain that that was, that was where we ended up. Um, so many dead rats just floating <laughs> on top of the ocean. Blocks I mean, all the oxygen to the to the fish. I, don't, I, don't, um, I mean, it, I think it's less funny if the rats are dead. I think well, that's you know that's that's unpleasant. You know, I think any of these jokes get tired eventually. I think you know if they're if they're alive and they're sort of screeching. I've also been picturing that they're bald rats. I don't know if you've been picturing that that they're sort of fleshy and pink. Um. In the middle of their big lily pads, you know. Um, I think uh, look, something... I've been picturing rats with hair struggling on their back, mm. but but their feet are bald in my mind. And yeah, that'll do. I think it's possible that you know, maybe sometimes it's it's just somebody who creates it at first just to create the biggest mammal, but then as it becomes more and more of a problem, they have to come up with more reasons for why they why they did it to justify this mess that they've made. Oh wow! So it does. It they are sort of breeding, sort of almost out of control on the oceans, are they? Mm. Imagine what they would be like, like finding these kind of, all this like these pancakes, crumpled pancakes of skin, on the beaches, and then you kind of like lifting it up to try and see what the fuck this thing is. This mm. this this sail of sort of thin, stretched out baby skin. <laughs> And then you pick it up, and then as you're picking it up and lifting it up, this rat is in there, and you go wah like that, and you try to like shoo the rat, but it's attached, mm. <laughs> you know. And this is something that's washing up on beaches all over the world. Yeah, and that's just a small one. The biggest ones are. I mean, it's amazing that as humans, how do you know that was a small one? Everything, everything else that we've, well, because the big ones are. Um, Aren't they, you know, size of football fields? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. You're finding all this material, you know, yeah, this, right. this skin. Okay. I just wasn't picturing. I couldn't picture how you would pick it up and then find a rat in it if it's if it's the size of a football field. Well, yeah, but the rat's going to be in the middle. So how are you going to get to the rat if you? Well, it's all crumpled. It's, it's all not crumpled. going to be perfectly stretched okay. out. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. But I think it's amazing that as human beings. Given the yeah. all the pollution that we've done, and the not you know the uh, the uh, introduced species that we've introduced all over the place, the fact that we haven't um, infested the oceans with rats so far is actually pretty remarkable. Yeah, and I think we don't give ourselves enough credit for that. Yeah, I suppose it's a little a little treat that we give the world that it doesn't seem to appreciate. Yeah. Andy, should we wrap this up? Okay. This podcast is going too good. I think, I think it's it's dangerously. It's a, it's, it's a great brilliant. return to form. Yeah. <laughs> um. Thank you. Oh, wait, I've got to go through the sketch ideas. All right. Oh. 
You're okay. Skip one. You're so happy here. We've realized you can lo- we can lower your pay. That's yeah. the first one. Then we got satirical gun. And then we got asking Prince Charles to adopt you to continue being raised. Um, or to resume being raised, I mm. suppose. Then tell people their monarchy reality TV show plus season two where you t- you tell monarchy that they're regular people and that it was just a reality show. And then, mm. you know, that's fun. Then we got the finger in the mouth first date. It's the prime minister's idea. <laughs> And then we just have a slight half sketch, which is just the PM pitching ideas on national TV. Yeah, great. After after being in very serious meetings where he's agreed to talk about it. I mean, this is essentially, we're probably describing Trump. Yeah, you think? I guess so. Inject bleach. Um, <laughs> oh my got, God, we are. Yeah. yeah uh, well, he never pitched got, that underneath a horse date idea. And no, no, that's true. That, that's going to be a great idea. You could probably have tracks under some bits of the glass that can transport like food to you, you know, in between oh, people. Yeah, like a gold class experience. Then, That's nice. Yeah. That'd be cool. Anyway, then we got business people going to open mics and stealing the serious bits. Mm. <laughs> and then dump dumpling back water rat creating a <laughs> larger animal than the blue whale. I mean the phrase but, dumpling guess, back but, water rat is uh that's yeah. it was worth it for that I think. It's creating a larger animal than a blue whale, and and by the looks of it, on a budget. Because <laughs> <laughs> this isn't the you know this isn't the uh, you know the best one that you can make, but it's the best that we can make with the money that we currently have available. Exactly. We we started a Kickstarter saying we were going to make a bigger animal than <laughs> than the blue whale, and. It was oversubscribed. We had all this money, but then it turned out to be much more complicated than we thought, and this is what we ended up with. Well, I didn't hear any of that, but I'm mm. assuming that Fuck it was hell. pretty good. Just sorry. <laughs> I just I didn't hear because you just your thing keeps cutting out. Yeah, I'm sorry, Alistair. Jeez. It's okay. Um let's do this the the beat bit. I'm crumbling. <laughs> I did a little 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 yeah. Uh, I love that other one. It's on at the start. It's great. I, yeah, me, well, me, it, mine. Ever... Not such a big fan of that, but you know, it's it's it's, it's pretty good. The yeah, Beatles. Well, Give well, them a listen. If you guys, if you guys have, you know, if they're performing live, you know, look out for that. <laughs> um. Uh, thank you very much for listening to the episode. We have really enjoyed doing it, even if we are crumbling. Um, you can support us by just, you know, looking us up on Twitter or, you know, iTunes or whatever it's called now, Patreon. Uh, you can look up the pop test, which is our other show. Yep. Uh, we're going to be recording some soon again. Have you been a guest on anyone else's podcast recently, Alistair? 
Um, I think I've mentioned. Oh no, I, I was on Do Go On. That's right, you were. I did an episode of Do Go On, and lit for I clit. did Lit for Clit. It was the history of the clitoris. It's very funny. It's really it fantastic a, episode. I think it was fun. I think I've become the genital guy for that podcast. They come on and do reports about genitals. Yep. People are people are calling for wacka for cloaca or maybe an anus one. Mm. I saw people nut, are saying anus for, for butts. nuts for butts or anus for anus, but that doesn't make sense. But somehow I like, I like the rhyme. Mm. Insanus, insanus for insanus for anus. Andy, you did it. You made it. You think would you say that sounds pretty Latin? Yeah, <laughs> really, really, very Latin. All right, Al. Let's wrap it. Thanks, everybody. Thank we you very much. Love. Love you. you. See Goodbye. Ya. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.